Welcome back to another episode of In a Dark Dark Room. I'm your host Abby and in this podcast I cover all things creep. This is my last episode of the year. I can't believe it. I I think. Oh my god, let me check my calendar. What the hell? If I'm like, this is my last episode. It is my last episode of the year. <laughs> I was gonna say that'll be really embarrassing if I'm like, last episode of the year, and everyone's like, what about the 31st? This is my last episode of the year. I feel very excited to be here right now. This has been a crazy year of going out on my own and starting a podcast. And the reception has been great. I just, ugh, I just, I just love being in my own, own little corner of the world telling scary stories and sharing cases that I care about and I'm passionate about and just sharing that with you guys. So thank you so much for being here and thank you for everything. Every single thing that you listen to this have done, you don't even know. You don't even know the magnitude of how you've made me feel in a very nice way. So thank you guys so much for being here and thank you to my biggest supporters in the world, my family, my friends. I just wouldn't be even a fraction of who I am today without my family and friends and of course my magical, wonderful, lovely husband. So I just, I'm feeling really warm and fuzzy inside and I just, I feel grateful. I'm really happy to be here. So thank you guys for everything. Now, welcome to the last episode of the year, the big fat episode of the year. This is my last Inky Dog, this is my last episode. So I did want to do like a Christmassy theme, but I found the story and it spooked me out. So I wanted to share it with you guys. And honestly, there's not that many, there's not that many Christmas stories, like spooky stories that I like. So sorry about that. So let's get into the very last episode of the year and my last ever Dinky Darks of 2023. So this week's episode is called I Win. My Thanksgiving was far worse than yours. Kids can say the dumbest shit. Don't get me wrong. I would die for my five-year-old son. I love him more than I love myself. But that doesn't make his commentary any more meaningful. Any parent who's had to explain why jelly beans can't go in the toaster will comprehend. Every parent who's had to clean melted jelly beans out of the toaster will empathise. So, Daddy, there's something scary under my bed. Had gotten old long before my wife and I loaded Liam into the car to begin the two-day trip to her parents' house for our Thanksgiving. It's your turn. I mumbled to Stacy, my wife, as I rolled over on the pull-out bed. Um, last time I had to clean an entire bottle of Gatorade pee. She huffed. That counts for two. Besides, he called for you. She pushed me to the edge of the uncomfortable bed. Sighing, I stood up and shambled over to the minuscule twin bed on the other side of the room and sat down on the mattress. Liam, do you remember that I need a good night's sleep so I won't crash the car when I'm driving tomorrow? But something's moving under the mattress, he said in a voice that was inappropriately dramatic. I rubbed my eyes before trying to focus on Liam's silhouette in the faint moonlight. Matt's one of my best friends from college and he's been very generous to let us stay in his house. I'm sure he gave us a room without any monsters in it. 
This usually calms him down. Usually, but not always. This was one of those not always moments. Liam wheezed like he was finishing the final stretch of the Boston Marathon, which meant I could either check under the bed for potential threats or spend the next 30 minutes mopping up piss. The tapping is coming from beneath my pillow. Check that part of the bed first. I'll be honest, that part did make my hair stand up just a little as I got on my hands and knees. Okay, Liam, I announced as I lifted the edge of the sheet. I'm sticking my hand underneath the bed right now and... Damn, it stank. What was Matt keeping under here? I blinked, struggling to see in a space where the moonlight barely reached. The first thing I recognised was the eye. It stared at me, just inches away from my nose. I really, really didn't want to move because that would mean accepting what I was seeing as real. The hand on my wrist forced me into action. Her grip was slimy and gritty, and it left a cold, wet, copper-smelling residue on my skin. I pulled away and scrambled to my feet, very angry with gravity for confusing me. I'll admit, that a tiny selfish part of my brain contemplated running away from Liam and heading out that door. But I ignored the thought and I leapt forward, scooping my son from the bed and turning around. And it was enough time for a clammy hand to find my ankle. This time, her grip felt like ice. But I broke away and stumbled to the pull-out bed, crashing onto Stacy as Liam screamed. That was enough to get her from asleep to fully standing in a quarter of a second. Dave? What are you? She didn't need to finish. The woman, now crawling out from beneath Liam's bed, was visible even in the dim moonlight. It was my turn for an appropriate piss as I realised that she was standing between us and the only door. Still urinating, I grabbed my son in my one arm and my wife in the other and we ran for the window. We had just enough time to crawl onto the roof before she reached us. The next couple of hours were a blur. I'd like to say that I climbed down from the roof gracefully, but I'm trying to stay as honest as possible. Without our car keys or cell phones, we had to pound on a neighbour's door until they woke up. The police arrived faster than answers did. My friend Matt was taken away in handcuffs and the woman was taken away in an ambulance. The truth eventually found its way to us. Matt had been kidnapping and torturing people, mostly women, for years. He'd pulled the tongue from the mouth of the victim beneath Liam's bed, and she'd actually been begging us for help as she bled to death. She did not survive. Matt hadn't actually planned on letting us leave his home with this knowledge. He'd been waiting in the hall, intending to catch us as we ran out, and apparently capturing people in the moment of the panic was the biggest thrill for him. He hadn't counted on us climbing out of the two-storey window. That's the only reason that we're alive. He'd already killed 19 people, and another 13 were trapped at various places within his home in various makeshift torture chambers. At first, I'd refused to believe that one of my best friends was capable of what prosecutors claimed, but that was before they showed me his notebook, which documented the grisly deaths of each murder. And at the end of it, 
Five pages had been set aside for Stacy, Liam and me. He was going to make me choose one of them to get tortured first and then force me to watch every second of it. So that was how my Thanksgiving travel plans went awry. I hope yours played out better. I doubt Liam will be able to sleep until he's a teenager. To be honest, I don't blame him. He's seen the world for the worst it can be. Kids really do say the dumbest shit. But that cannot compare to the magnitude of adults who do the dumbest shit. Okay guys, that is it for me. That is the last episode in Dinky Dark of the year. I will be back on Wednesday the 3rd of January. I hope you guys have a really, really, uh, have had a really, really nice holiday season and I hope you have a great new year. I will see you on the 3rd of January on Wednesday for another Wicked Wednesday. But until then, stay safe, enjoy the spooks and I will see you soon. Bye!